Won't you grant us your fresh touch, O Lord, the fresh anointing of the Holy God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to rest upon your children and those that are here this morning. O God, we give you praise, love, and thanks. In Jesus' name. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to keep uh, our young men in today and uh, our young ladies have a little little church around here this morning. Thank God and thank God. We're glad you're here. And let your heart be open to the Lord. Turning to the book of Hebrews. If you have trouble finding that, you probably know where the book of Revelation is. Get there and then work your way backwards a little bit. You'll find Hebrews. Going to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. All right, Hebrews chapter 6. And if you will, take a good look at uh, verse 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and that entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I'd like you to focus in verse 19 which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Within the veil, that within the veil this morning. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Very glad you're here. And uh, get your mind right on the good book, the good word of God. Brother Enrique, I'll tell you what, seat number two, Pew number two, seat number one, got your, your size. You come right there. We're glad you're here. Amen. I stole some seats away because I got worried the kids were going to run and they wouldn't have room. So you never know. Got to be prepared for everything. All right. I uh, am thinking in terms today, this morning, of that which is within the veil. This great presence of God, this glory of God. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, he made it possible for every man, woman, boy, and girl to receive the born-again experience. And he made it crystal clear that we were in great need of being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I was witnessing 
to a business owner. He's Jewish. And I told him, I said, I want to take you to the altar, the brazen altar. And I said, and after that, I want to take you to the laver. And after that, I want to take you to that which is within the most holy place, the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and him Jewish, I figured, you know, he'd know a little bit about his about the Bible and the Old Testament, but he did not. But that's okay. We we we're in the business of explaining those things to people. And it's and it, of course that all is shadow and type and uh, a preview of being of repentance, that's your brazen altar. And then the laver is the place of baptism. And then the, within the veil is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost where the presence of God was at. And so it comes right down to what Jesus said, you must be born again. Very, very strong statement using a very strong and positive word, must. And that telling that to everybody and using a, a very gifted and well-positioned man in society, a Supreme Court judge at that, it comes to Jesus and wants to know that uh, wants him to know that we know that you are a teacher come from God. We know you're not just the ordinary run of the mill. We know there's a big difference here. You know, people come to realize that there is a big difference between the church, the only church that Jesus ever started, not a church house, not a building, but the body of Christ. Big difference between that and all the rest of the stuff out there. Because the difference is that which God did and that which man attempts to do. And Jesus made it clear in the book of John. He said, without me, you can do nothing. And so we got to work with God here. We've got to work with him. You're going to try to do things on your own. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to make a great big mess out of things. Okay? You say, were well, you talking to me? I'm talking to everybody. This good Bible talks to all of us, to all of us. And so, you know, let me just move that excuse right out of the way and that argument right out of the way. He's talking to all of us, and he's saying, without me, you can do nothing. We People spend their lives trying to do things their way, only to fail, only to fall on their face, and to fall short of the glory of God. There was a warning given also in the book of Hebrews and he talked about the rest, the refreshing, the rest that would come from God. He used that word rest. And uh, that you could even rest from your labors. That time would come. But what you want to see is that the invitation from the Lord for you to partake of that rest, he did say, lest any of you should fall short of it. And the underlying reason would be because of not believing. Not believing. You don't want to not believe. You wanted the challenges for you to believe God, for you to take him at his word. It's impossible, I just read to you, for God to lie. Isn't that wonderful? Because we're filled with a, in a town and a tri-city area, a county and a nation and a world that's given to lying. Lots of gossip. Lots of lies. Lots of exaggeration. Lots of saying things that are unsubstantiated. You know. 
People don't, are saying stuff that they don't even know where it came from. I always remember it was quite an, an example. We had a woman with her son in the school here at the academy. This is many years ago, and uh, probably in um, around 1982 or 83. And we had a tremendous amount of children because we had opened it to the community, and we found out that that was incompatible. We had to turn from that thinking. But the point being that this woman and her son, and uh, they were just people from the community. And uh, one day she was at a place here in town, and, and uh, a man was just running me down. And she l listened to the man for a while with the other people that were there. And finally she said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. He said, do you even know senior pastor? And the guy said, uh, no. How many times people say things that they don't have a clue what they're talking about? They're just caught up in a spirit, and they're just running off at the mouth. They got diarrhea in the mouth is what we call it. They're just running off at the mouth. And we want to we get an experience that delivers us from spirits that cause us to do those things and that make us, get us involved with things that are sinful and unbelieving and that are going to keep us keep us from being within. God's calling us to come within. He wants to bring us past all the obstacles. But you've got to come through those places lawfully, biblically. You've got to come to repentance. Jesus said, except you repent, you're all going to perish. And, and uh, there, there are people that, that uh, think that they can just get by with doing things their own way. But there's a God that's going to be, he's standing there now, and he's going to be standing there later. And, and it's going to be right down to the same thing. And the difference is that now we're living in a time of grace, of divine favor. What was it that the queen said in the Old Testament, the book of Esther? They wanted her to go to the king. And she said, well, I'm, I'm willing to go, but, you know, he, you can only go if he bids you to go. He's got to give you the royal wave. Come on. You don't just go marching in there, you know. But we live in a different time. We're so fortunate that we can get an experience, a born-again experience, that makes us a son or a daughter of God, places us in this one body of Christ that he's offered to this world to be a part of. Everybody can be a part of it. There is no discrimination. I've been called that, too, that I discriminate, that I'm a racist, and all kinds of stuff, you know. I've got the only, we've got the only multicultural church in the whole entire Tri-City area, but yet I'm accused of being a racist. I haven't figured that one out yet, so you may have to help me to understand that. But I am telling you that we, I told you like the man said, the, the Italian, no, the Spanish missionary, he said, me. He said, I, I love, I work for Jesus. And I added to it and said, yes, and we love everybody. <laughs> We want to reach everybody, okay? But you're going to find out if you read your Bible that not everybody has come within yet. Not everybody has repented. Not everybody's been baptized in Jesus' name. And not everybody's been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's what puts you in that one church, that one body of Christ. And not everybody's done that yet. And as Paul said, I speak that to your shame. We've got a job to do. The church has a job to do. We want to reach you. We want to reach them. Them. 
And the Bible defines who them is. Said them that are without. In the days of his flesh, when God created a body and he dwelled in that body to the fullness. That's one of the many differences, unfortunately, between me and Jesus. I have the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I have God in me, but I don't have it to the fullness. I got news for you. I hate to burst your bubble, but I am not God. Okay? All right. And uh, neither is anybody else except for Jesus. All right? Because he had the fullness of the very God dwelling in him bodily. Okay? God was man. God is a spirit, and he was manifest in the flesh. He was shown clearly in the flesh. And the Bible said he's the word, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh. That word that was God was made flesh, and that in the spirit was in that body reconciling, trying to bring the world back to him because they'd been separated by sin. Sin separates us from God. That brings us right back to repentance. We have to repent of that sin and those sins. And it's not just getting doing that to get this experience that places you in the body, but it's a continual thing that you do. You make a continual sacrifice of repentance before God, and you tell Him that you're sorry and for being so sorry and that you want to get all that under the blood. Amen. You want to get everything under the blood. Everybody wants to sing about it, but you better do it. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. If you're going to get anything on the blood, it's because you're going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's your initial start. That's where it all happens, right there. For the remission, for the full pardon of all of your sins, that's why we get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he fills us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's what Jesus said. He made it clear. He said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's why one of the reasons why he gave his life on the cross and shed the blood of the Spirit. He did that so that everybody, whosoever will, John 3, 16, whosoever will, if you'd start believing what the Scripture says, then you could become a part of the body of Christ. And that body of Christ is going to be taken out of this world in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And we're going to wind up dancing, if you please. Oh, you, you know, you get your dance on, but it won't, be, it won't be a sexual dance. It won't be a sensual dance. It won't be an unclean thing. It'll be a Holy Ghost dance, okay? And we get some of that right here because we worship God in spirit and in truth. And sometimes he blesses us that way. But it's, it's of God. We're not doing whatever the newest dances are called. I, I couldn't tell you. Somebody said something to me the other day, and I said, what would I know about that? I've been in the church for 47 years, and I'm not in connection with all of that stuff out there. Don't want to be in connection with that. I want to be in connection with the Holy Ghost. And that's a fight every day, every day, every day, every day, every day of repenting and overcoming this flesh and this world and the sinfulness of this world. Jesus, in the days of his flesh, while he was going about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. The Bible teaches that in, uh, I believe it's Matthew, 
if I'm not mistaken, and I'll read it for you, and you can read it along with me if you like. We like to be able to go right to the book. This is Matthew chapter 13, verse 46. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without. Everybody said without. Desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward the disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. The spiritual is always first. It's to be that way. The spiritual always supersedes the natural. When we get born again of water and spirit, friend, it's because we put the, the natural, the flesh, the carnal, and the things that are not eternal, we put that behind us. And we repented. And we got baptized in Jesus' name. And we got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We got transported into the body of Christ. Everybody said amen. We pass from death to life, from darkness to light. Oh, what a great experience getting the Holy Ghost is. No wonder Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Get that experience, he was saying. But before he gave that experience to whosoever, before he died on the cross, he's, he's teaching and he's, he's bringing the word of God and doing good and healing all that are sick and oppressed of the devil bringing good things to people. That's all Jesus wants to do is bring something good into your life. And if you'll yield to him, if you'll believe him, if you'll believe him, you can't, you know, you can't create a contradiction. You can't say, <laughs> we, and didn't it say that Jesus uh, endured the contradiction of sinners or unbelievers? He endured that. Them that are without, he endured the contradiction. He put up with it. He tolerated it. Oh, my friend. But he's looking for people that will believe him, that will take him at his word. And, of course, they, they want to get the, the family thing going. And your mother and your brethren and this and that and the other. And, my God, you could have gone on. I, used to, I laugh with Seneffeld all the time because I think half of New York, she's related to him. Every time she'd talk about some place that we'd pass through someplace, she'd go, oh, yeah, I have an aunt over there. I have a cousin over there. I have you know, double first cousin twice removed on father's side over there. Whatever, you know. And then there's always the famous ones that live up on 9th Street, you know, and they talk like that. Yeah. That's always lots of fun. Okay. And then, and then when they want to cast out the devil, they, they spit and they knock. And that's supposed to cast out the devil. Oh, brother. What a mixed up group of people. But, you know, we had to, we had to let all that family go on both sides. And I had a small family. But we had to let it all go. We had to let it all go for Jesus. Okay? For truth. For truth. They, I thought everybody would just be so excited that two hippie kids dabbling with drugs and going in wrong directions and making all the, the nasty concerts and everything else, that they would be so happy, you know, that I, I didn't get a natural haircut at that time. I got a haircut. Now I have a natural haircut. But anyway, I got a haircut, and I, I got a nice shave, and, and I, you know, put on a nice set of clothes, and, and uh, I, I was so happy. And I thought everybody would want what we got. Found out everybody didn't want what we got. You know why? Because we walked in and we had light. We had hope. We had something that isn't a lie. It's not a sham. 
It's not hiding behind all kinds of things. Our lives were changed for real and for the good. And they ran from that because men love darkness. Women do too, rather than light, because their deeds are evil. That's what your Bible says. People want to hide behind things and make up all kinds of things. But, you know, God knows the heart. And after a while, there's some others that are going to know the heart too. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And, and Jesus made it clear, above everything else, you've got to choose me. You've got to believe me. Above mother, father, brethren of any kind, family of any kind. And he knew that meant a lot to some people. And he said, listen, he said, my family is them that do the will of God, them that hear the word of God and keep it. He goes, that, that's the ones that's my family. He shot the, the spiritual right up to the top and put it in the focus for everybody, shined the light on it, and said, this is what you shoot for. And when that guy came, that Supreme Court judge, we know that you're a teacher come from God. Jesus said, you must be born again. And this guy, guy was flabbergasted. A guy as smart as that was flabbergasted. See, this doesn't take natural intellect. This takes spiritual intellect. The natural mind doesn't believe. I, uh, <laughs> I was at uh, a place one time where there was a judge, and uh, the judge was judging the case. And um, it was kind of before trial type things. And uh, he, it came up about Moses leading the people out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. And he said, well, you know, some people believe that at that time the Red Sea was only six inches deep. And I said, well, then, I said, we've got quite a miracle then, don't we? Because a whole army drowned in six inches of water. And he got it just like that. He cracked up laughing, <laughs> you know. Remind me of one time I, I had to go to court when South Bay was very strictly policed. And, um, you know, they, I had a young man taking me to a service, a church service upstate, and he was driving. He was the chauffeur that day. And uh, as we were getting on the road and we got out, going out of South Bay, as you know, it starts at 35 and then it becomes 45, and then you get to that 55 and further up even 65. And so we, uh, we were just coming out of 45 going into 55, so, of course, you begin to accelerate a little bit, and whoop, light went on, and got pulled over, and, and I told him, I said, don't worry about it. I said, if you get a ticket, I'll pay it. No, it's not your fault. No problem at all. So, of course, he got pulled over, and he got a ticket, and so I said, I'll go to court with you. So we went to court, and the, and the judge here in Belle Glade was Judge Adams at that time, and uh, so I, I went to court, and I sat in the gallery, and the young man got called up, and the policeman was there, and and uh, the policeman made all kinds of mistakes, unfortunately. He said he had us going south and all kinds of things when we were going north and whatever. So um, anyway, uh, after a while, the judge looked over at me and he said, Reverend, he said, I figure you're here for a reason. He said, did you have something you wanted to say? And I said, yes, Your Honor, I would like to say something. And so I straightened out a few of the mistakes that the policeman made, kind of paving the way a little bit. And the judge was, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, he said, well, is there anything that you could tell me that, could, that I might be able to dismiss this case. And I said, well, yes, Your Honor. I said, you know, when one goes through South Bay, one takes great pains to do the speed limit. He cracked up laughing, case dismissed, 
And off we went. Thank you, Jesus. You know, well, I'm trying to say to you that our God, you know, is looking at everything. And he, he wants you to give him a reason why, you know. And the only reason you're going to be able to give him is to believe him, to believe his word. Those are the right words. Those are the things he wants. And here's a judge, and he said, you must be born again. How do I do that? How do I do that? Comes up with all the, the natural thinking. Do I enter the second time in my mother's womb be born again? How ridiculous that was. I think he's pretty fortunate Jesus didn't crack up in his face. But the Lord was very zeroed in. And he said, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter. You'll be without. You do not want to wind up without. You want to get inside of this. You're called to be an insider. Do you hear me? You're called to be of the inner circle. He's wanting to bring you out of the world and into the church, the body of Christ, through the born-again experience. That's what he wants to do. It's what he gave his life on the flesh on the cross for. I've had people to certainly make arguments, and, well, at least to their mind, and to just, you know, leave you standing there very frustrated because you just want the best for them. I remember telling somebody right out on that parking lot, I said, you're not believing me to see somebody that for many, many, many years, believed you, listened to you, and was prospered and blessed by it and provided for and to see them turn from that. You know, I'm telling you, God gets very angry at people who exercise unbelief. And he warned and used the preacher to tell them, don't fall short. Don't wind up without on the outside. Don't wind up that way. There were, there were four men, four men that sized up a situation. And they had somebody that was, had a problem. And they wanted to get that problem fixed. And they knew that Jesus was the only one that was going to be able to fix that problem. And so... I said, okay, we can't go the conventional way. We can't do it the ways that we know that are right. This is going to require a little more effort here and a little creativity, if you please, biblically, spiritual thinking. And so they, they went in an in a unorthodox way, a different way to get to Jesus, you know. We got to get around everybody. The place was so crowded. People were just all over the place, and they just couldn't get to them. Had to, it was going to require extra effort. Extra effort. And so they did. They put forth the extra effort, and they got the sick to the feet of Jesus, knowing that he'd healed all kinds of people. There'd been all kinds of miracles. All kinds of wonderful things had taken place. When they got him right before Jesus, Jesus just simply looked at the man and said, Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. 
Oh, boy, all the natural minds kicked in right then. Who is he to forgive sin? Nobody can do that except God. Who's he? Who's he think he is? Boy, he's all full of himself. He thinks he's, you know, all that. And, of course, Jesus perceived their thinking and the thought of their heart, their mind. And he said, basically, he said, what's the big deal? He said, and if it will help you to know that through what I'm offering can forgive your sins. He said, okay, son. He said, get up. You're healed. Take your, take your little bedroll and get about life. Get about doing right. And it just knocked them all back. You know, So many people waste their lives trying to fight. So many people wasting their lives trying to prove that they're right. You know what that means? You're really trying to prove the devil's right. That's what that boils down to. And I'm telling you right now, the devil's wrong. And it cost him his place in heaven. Okay? And he's doomed. And he can never regain. He can never get his place back. He is doomed. And all those that he took with his tail, that was his long tail of being a, a serpent and a dragon. And it was his long tail of T-A-L-E, his lie. And they lost their place. And they're doomed. But you're alive. You know what the, I meet people all the time. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm on top of the dirt. That's right. You're still here. We used to say breath in your body. You're still here. You still have an opportunity to make it right, to do it right, to humble yourself before God and believe him and take him at his word. You can do that this morning. And you can listen to what his word says. It's not hard. And we give out invitations all the time. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We try to kind of condense it down and make it fit the card and make it as to the point as we can. But of course, baptism is for the remission of sins, for the full pardon. And then you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can receive the gift of God. And what that means is it's going to pull you out of this world and bring you within the veil, the place where His Spirit is and His power is and His glory is. The veil is the flesh of Jesus. He gave His life on the cross. And we're able to enter into the veil through our faith in what He did. And what that Word that God made flesh did for us, provided for us. Okay? So remember, Jesus is saying, my family consists of those that hear my word and keep my word. They guard it. They guard it. And they're going to do what it says. There is more than one example, but I'm not going to, you know, just belabor everything here this morning, time-wise. But in Mark as well as Luke, they also cover this same instance of him being, being told, hey, your family, hey, your mother, hey, this one, what about this one, what about that one? <laughs> what about all the others? Hmm? Paul said, I speak it to your shame. They don't know. They don't know. And I'm telling you when Old Testament shadow and type 
the Spirit of God to come in the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. And when that cloud started moving, everybody had a responsibility to get up and get with it and follow. Amen. You have a responsibility to back leadership and follow leadership and go forward. We cannot get hung up on fleshly things and carnal things and natural things. There's a lost and a dying world all around us. People who haven't heard, people who don't know what many have heard over and over and over again. Oh, yes. Let me turn your attention, if you please, to Colossians chapter 4 in this lesson this morning. Colossians, Colossians chapter 4. And I'm turning to verse 5. He said here in, Ephesians, in, in Colossians 4 and 5, walk in wisdom. Let God deprive you of your ignorance, okay? Let him take away the things that you have no knowledge about and let him give you knowledge. Let God's word give you how things should be done. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Wow. You better get it straight. There's some people that have put themselves out by their steps, their thoughts, their actions, and their unbelief. And some continue to abide in unbelief. The Bible did say in one place, wake up to righteousness. And he is righteousness. Capital R, proper noun. He is righteousness. We got to wake up to him and his word and his way of doing things. We got to move when he says move. Brother and Sister Weekly sang the other night for us and how beautiful that was, off the cuff. <laughs> and uh, I can't help but once in a while think about that other song that they sing sometimes, Moving. <laughs> and we always have a lot of fun about that, you know, moving, moving. <laughs> and we have a lot of fun about that. Oh, brother, you know. And, uh, but what I'm saying is when God's moving, friend, you better move. You got to stay up with the church. You got to stay up with the program. You got to stay up with the body of Christ. We are not stagnant. This is a well springing up into everlasting life, bubbling up. Oh, yeah, and it's pure and it's clean, coming straight out of God's throne. Not one little impurity in it. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. The whole world is so many places that are hurting for clean water. And, friend, we've got the cleanest of the clean. And we're looking at this thing in the true light, the spiritual light, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Be baptized in Jesus' name after you repent of your sins. Lay it all out before God. He's right there. and He's, he's more than ready, according to Scripture. He's ready to pardon, quote, unquote. He's ready. You know, but the enemy wants to sidetrack you. He wants to get you involved in all kinds of things out there. He wants to destroy your life. You better hear me. He wants you to be selfish and bratty and self-centered. He wants you to just go after what you want to go after, what you think you want. 
Well, we're here to help you get redirected. And if we have to have smackdown time, then we have to have smackdown time. <laughs> it's better, it's better to, to receive the correction than to fight it and wind up lost. Yeah, everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. We've got to walk with wisdom towards those them that are without. There are people without. And they're not going to be thinking spiritual. I don't care how much religion they build around themselves. Okay? Yeah. You want the real thing. You want the godly thing. You want to know in your heart that you're doing the right thing by chapter and verse. We encourage people all the time. You can put your finger on chapter and verse. You can read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. Further evidence here, 1 Thessalonians, just a few pages over from Colossians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 12, that ye may walk honestly towards them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. You're not going to lose by doing it right. You're not going to lose by humbling yourself and being in subjection. You're not going to lose by learning how to salute and take orders. Not at all. What you're going to learn is how to deal with them that are without. You're going to learn how to walk circumspectly, the Bible said, not as fools. You're not called to be a fool. You're called to know that you can ask God for wisdom and he'll give you lots of it. It'll be godly wisdom, be Holy Ghost wisdom, be the mind of Christ. You can arm yourself with that mind. It can protect you and help you in all kinds of weaknesses and difficulties and challenges. He'll be right there. His word will come to your heart and it'll help you to know how you should conduct yourself how you ought to act, what decisions you ought to make, what direction you should be going. And that's not hard with the church because the church is going forward. The church is going to lift up its head and its eyes and go forward. And everybody said amen. You're called to be within. All you young people, you're called to be in with the in crowd. Okay? The body of Christ is, is on the inside of things. On the inside of things. We got people, a world full of people, billions of people that are totally lost and mixed up. And they, they don't know what to do. They don't know what direction to go. They're projecting forward generations how bad things are going to be for them. I'm glad that the church, we're looking for Jesus to come. We're watching the Word of God be fulfilled we're getting closer and closer to the fulfillment of the last things that have to be fulfilled before Jesus will return for his church. We're not ignorant of these things. We're not children of the night, but we're called to be children of the day. Okay? They want to convince you that, you know, they're really cool and, and they're going to be out there doing their dance well. They're out there doing their dances right. 
And we're in here doing our dance. We're in the body of Christ. We're in the church. We're doing it right. We're doing the spiritual, not the fleshly, not the carnal. You get out there and do the dance with them, and the next thing, the next thing you're going to be, young ladies, you're going to be pregnant. Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's been going on for longer than, than you can know, just historically, because nature is nature and the devil's a devil and he just wants to mess up and destroy lives. Yeah, well, what about him? Well, he'd be gone and you'd be big. He'd be gone. He'll be nowhere to be found unless you can find the next girl he's with. Or should I say girl? You don't have to be on the outside. You say, well, I already did it wrong. Okay. That's why we're trying to reel you in and get you out of that mess and get life going good for you. Get you going where you'll believe in Jesus. Oh, yes. Not everybody has the privilege as a child to be raised up in the body of Christ. And some of them don't seem to appreciate. They're not able to comprehend what all God is doing for them and what they're a part of. Because there's a lot of people out there that are like I was, just lost, wandering around, had no clue, never heard of truth, never heard, never read the Bible. But as it says, by the grace of God, one day this truth came across my path. And by the grace of God, I believed it. It was just God's grace that helped me to do that. Nothing about me. I was lost. Yes. And we've got an unbelieving lost world, but you shouldn't be that way if you know this truth. No wonder the book teaches it had been better if you'd never known than to know it and turn away from the holy commandment. And run after all these things. Oh, no. No. No, it's talks about getting to Jesus, and it said it's far better. Far better to depart. Get away from all the junk. Get away by repentance from everything that's out there. And be ready. History teaches that they had the Apostle Paul, two big old guys, had each arm. And they were going to walk him down a long area there to... Uh, the guillotine, the place where they cut your head off. And uh, history teaches that Paul broke away from the guards, not to run away, but to run to that chopping block. He laid right down, put his head there, said, do it, hurry up. Because to depart and be with Christ is far better. Well, he lived a life that way, having departed from the world and from sin. And to be with Jesus. Until it came time to depart this whole entire system. And he was only too glad to do it. Only too glad to do it. Let me tell you, there is absolutely nothing better than to be in the church. Than to be within the veil. Where God's glory and God's power and God's unction, God's healing, God's blessings are. Nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. 
I had an individual that God spoke to me in a split second, let me know that he was going to pull him out of the battle and the dilemma that he found himself in. And he was going to give them to me. And he did. You know, God doesn't lie. Like the day I was coming home from West Palm and poor brother Pete, graduate of our academy, full scholarship to college, got his degree and couldn't get a job. Could not get a job. Filled out all kinds of applications. Talked to all kinds of people. Couldn't get hired. And here I come home one day driving. The Lord spoke to me. I'm going to give Pete a job. And I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, yeah, just turn in here and go inside and get an application. So I went into the DMV and I got an application. And uh, Pete got a job. He didn't, he didn't just get a job from there. He just kept going up the ladder. Now he's the, the main guy down there, supervisor. Yeah. God does great things. You just believe him. Just believe him. Just take him at his word. Live for him. Live for him. Live for him. So anyway, this other individual that I told you, God said, I'm going to give him to you. I'm going to get him out of confusion. I'm going to clear all that up in his mind. Put everything in focus. Man, I watched God just bring blessing after blessing after blessing. Stability. Oh, man. God did that. I'm always telling him, you better pray. You better pray. Because God's done an awful lot for you. You better thank him. Keep yourself humble. Because, you know, that old devil's going to come around and want to get you all bloated up. The Bible used the word lots of times, puffied up. You know, there was one brother who used to say, don't puffy me up because something come along and it's going to puffy me down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's be humble before God. Let's believe him. Let's believe him. We're called to be on the inside. You're called to be with the in crowd, and that's the church. You don't want to wind up like that celebrity in the hospital, getting witnessed to, and he looked at her and he said, oh, yes. He said, we once knew the way. Yeah. And the other guy that they called the king, one of his bodyguards or minions around there, Peeked in where he was sitting in the dark, tinkling the piano. How you feeling, King? The answer came back out of the darkness. Alone. Alone. That's how I'm feeling. Oh, yeah. But you know what? My God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You're not going to be alone if you stick with this. He's going to be there no matter what it looks like. And the devil likes to make it look bad. Disciples in a big old storm. It came up out of nowhere. Boat filling up. I imagine some of them guys are probably saying, hey, I don't know how to swim. I don't have my rubber ducky inner tube. What am I going to do? Huh. Yeah. So they ran down below deck and they woke Jesus up. Yeah. Well, you know, that really means you better wake up what's inside. 
What's within the veil? They communicated with Jesus. Now, that's the thing to do. Yeah. Boy, he stepped up on deck and he took care of everything. He calmed the seas and the wind and the rain and everything. And he said, <clears throat> by the way, he said, where's your faith? <laughs> you know, they're all standing around dumbfounded. We're pretty good at that. But I'll tell you what, when you see God act and move, it will leave you with your jaw slack. How he does things. How marvelous the hand of God is. He told Moses and the, and the people in the Old Testament, he said, I will do marvels before you. But it's going to take more than miracles, church family. It's going to take solid doctrine. Because there's an antichrist coming, a beast and a beast. He's going to bring all kinds of miracles and call fire down out of heaven to deceive the hearts of the simple. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very thankful for every prayer cloth we've prayed and sent out and God's healed and done. Just had a young boy, 17 years old, healed of cancer after chemo and chemo and chemo and more chemo. Well, then we got Jesus in there. I like Jesus chemo. <laughs> I like that. Amen. 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 Oh, yes. I'm, I'm very glad for what the, the gift of healings that God has placed in the body of Christ. Thankful for that. It's wonderful and glorious, especially when you're sick <laughs> and you get the touch that you need. Yeah. You know, I wasn't in the church very long, and I got very sick. I couldn't even lift my head up off the pillow. I was immobilized. And uh, I laid there for about two weeks. And uh, the man that witnessed to me to come to the Lord, he, I told him, I said, okay, I think I'm ready to go to work because I was working with him. And I, I got up that day and was very weak, and, but I knew I needed to go. And, and we were riding in his car. He was driving. We were going to go to the job, putting on a roof. Boy, that's the last thing I want to do is get up on a roof in the sunshine. Let me tell you, my head was pounding. Just pounding. And I'm not somebody, fortunately, that is given to headaches. But boy, I had the mother of all headaches that day. And uh, we were riding by the church and by the pastor's house. And he said, you know, the evangelist is here. We could swing by Brother Dunn's house and we could have prayer for you. I said, nah, I've already done all that. And then I said, okay, you know what? I said, let's go by the pastor's house. And we pulled into Brother Dunn's house and the brother told him, said, Brother Feld needs healing. And so they sat me down, and, you know, there was a, a wall air conditioner right in front of me, just killing me. It was just killing me. <laughs> and, and they laid hands on me, and it was like something just lifted, <laughs> just went off of me. And I could have I done just like the guy going into the temple, jumping and shouting and praising God, I'm healed. And that's what took place. It was just all gone. I was healed. I'm very glad for the gifts of healing in the church. Very thankful for all the gifts of the Spirit. And we believe in them. We believe in them. Amen and amen. But, that's, but, but before there's that, there's repentance. 
There's water baptism in Jesus' name. And there's receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what brings me in to within the veil, to where I have access. All you computer people, I have access. I can access the things of God. You hear people talk about all kinds of things from Romans to Revelation, and it doesn't even apply to them. You hear me? I heard some guy make the, you know, the Toby guy, make this thing about we have fellowship one with another. We're washed in the blood. We're walking in the light as he's in the light. I'm going, doesn't apply to you, doesn't apply to you, doesn't apply to you because you haven't yet repented and be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you know? It's like the guy that came by here one time and he wanted to know if I, if I had taught everybody about Christmas and Easter. And I said, I said, well, you know, um, let me ask you a question to answer your question. I noticed your wife is great with child. He said, yes. I said, have you taught that child that your wife is carrying? about Christmas and Easter? He said, no, no. He said, baby's not born yet, not here yet. I said, exactly. I said, we've got to get people born again first before we're going to teach them a lot of these other things. First things first. Everybody said amen. amen. And the first thing I'm telling you is to repent. Or Jesus said, you will perish. My God, how much plainer can it be? And be baptized, every one of you. How much plainer can it be? Every nation, every kindred, every tongue or language, every skin color, every dialect. You know, we got people here that, that in addition to English, they speak other languages, Spanish and Creole and, and something. What Arnold Sasquatch, what is that other thing? Yagon. Yagon. There you go. There you go. Can't even say it, much less speak it. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, um, you know, I meet people all the time, and you think they're Spanish, but they maybe they're from the Philippines, and they don't speak Spanish. They speak Togala. Togala? Togala. Yeah. Wow. Sure sounds like Spanish to me. <laughs> Whatever, you know. But the point is that whatever language, Whatever tongue, whatever country, whatever island, whatever shade of skin, doesn't make a bit of difference about salvation. Salvation is to everybody, and it's the same. There is no respect of persons. So don't think you're going to slide by. You think you're that good looking? Well, it don't matter because good looks ain't going to do it. You think you're that rich? Don't matter. Money ain't going to do it. None of those things. God doesn't traffic in those things. That's not the type of currency that he accepts. He works with faith, belief. He wants you to believe him. Why did they wander for 40 years, a whole generation, lost and died in the wilderness, their bones bleached by the sun? Why did that happen? Because they didn't believe him. And he swore in his wrath that they would not enter in. They weren't going to get to come in. 
You are called to come in. You have your chance, your opportunity, your heavenly opportunity. And there's no excuse. There is no excuse. Nothing will work because he did it all. He came in the flesh, and the flesh paid the price. And when he screamed and cried on the cross, it is finished. My friend, it was finished, the work of Calvary, but that opened the door of salvation so that everybody from everywhere would have their chance to come in. When a generation, when a person doesn't believe, God just says, fine, we'll move, work on, move on and work with somebody that will believe. You know, our saying is when one won't, one will. And we can't stand around and fuss over somebody that's just showing an unbelieving spirit. Doesn't care who it is. You know? I know that Jesus was a, a very, in the days of his flesh, was a very submissive and good example as a child. He was young. Some people think he was 12. The Bible doesn't say. But he was a young person. A young person. And uh, his family lost him. You don't ever want to lose Jesus. They lost him. And they got to looking around and inquiring. They thought, supposing. Oh, you better quit supposing. You need to do like the Apostle Paul and say, I know in whom I believe. You got to get past guesswork here. You know, there's too much riding here. There's too much at stake here. You know. Eternity. Your soul. Where you're going to reside. Forever and ever. Anybody here ever get sent to their room for being bad? Raise your hand. Come on. Be truthful. Be honest. You know, come on. You had some kind of, you know, spanking or, you know. Got told to go somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it was a doghouse. Whatever. Certainly the proverbial doghouse, isn't it? I'm in the doghouse. Now, I don't like the doghouse. There's no air conditioning. You know, that's the first thing. There's no air conditioning. there. You know, feel very cut off from everything. And uh, I don't want to get cut off from Jesus. I don't want to wind up in the doghouse because I'm not believing him. I want to believe him. I want to believe him. I want to be within. We're called to be within. We're not called to be out. The devil wants to make you believe that out there is the in crowd. And that's a lie because he's a liar. Now, he has a lot of trouble with lying, but there's no, no help for him. He's gone. He's doomed. It's all over for him. You have hope. I want you to think about that. You have hope. You, you get to come to this assembly here, a place where there's truth, and you get to be around people that don't lie, okay? I remember telling several lawyers one time, I said, hey, you're going to find out in the end here that I'm telling the truth. I said, because I don't lie. I left all that behind in the water when I got baptized in Jesus' name. Got delivered from all that. Have no need to lie. And even if I did have a need to lie, I'm not going to lie. We're just going to take it on the chin. And, you know, 
Stand up and let God take care of things. Yeah. Truth. Truth. Let God deliver you from a spirit of lying. He ain't nothing but the devil. Well, how do I know the devil? Well, I'll tell you how you know the devil. He comes to destroy. He comes to tear up. And that's one of his chief characteristics. That outs him. Okay? That outs him. And he hates to be outed. He does not want to be drug out into the light. He works in the shadows. He works in the sneaky. He works behind the scenes. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. That's why when I got the Holy Ghost, I got baptized in Jesus' name and went home to where we came from, from where we grew up, the great state of New York. And uh, we were, both of us, when we went back, we thought everybody would want this. And we were so clean. We were so happy. We want to give you what we got. And you know what their response was? We'd rather see you divorced and in drugs than like you are. <laughs> oh, the devil don't like this. And people that's got the devil in their lives and be in, in control, they don't, they always got to come up with some spiel. Oh, they can talk. You know, they can talk, man. They can say all kinds of things and rationalizations, you know, and all that kind of junk, you know. And I've told people before, basically I've told them, just shut up. <laughs> shut up. So you need to listen. You don't need to talk right now. I've heard your junk over and over and over again, okay. I know where you're coming from. You just need to be quiet and listen and get what God has and start believing God. Start believing God. There's no lie here. There's truth here. And you get to come day after day, service after service, and, and be a part of people that are telling you the truth. You know, But you've always got to come back. You've always got a rationalization. You've always got an excuse to why not. When really, you've got the greatest reason for why you should. The why for. Yeah. But you want to trust in your righteousness. You want, to, you want to feel like you're going to be able to convince God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to preach one of these days, but I, I don't want to say my title in front of the kids. But it's biblical. But uh, I'm going to tell you one thing. You better, you better sit up straight and get a hold of yourself. What did Paul do when that he's trying to get something going, trying to get a, a revival going, trying to get things going? Just come out of a bad storm? I guess he was the original surfer. Took a piece of board from that broken up ship. Hung ten right to the, to the sand and Got up there and started finding dry wood, hopefully, even though it was a present rain and cold. Begin to try to build a fire. And a vicious viper leapt on his arm. The Bible said he just shook it off and felt no harm. You know, if we'll get where we're supposed to be inside in God, we can shake off these things. We're strong enough to shake these things off. You're called to be strong enough to shake these things off and not feel any harm. That's what you're supposed to You want to act so big and so tough and do this. You want to be that way spiritually, not naturally. Yeah, and that means you bring yourself under subjection. 
in the Holy Ghost. Let God work in your life that you don't get swept away like they did by the, as it was in the days of Noah with that flood. You don't want to get swept away with the trends of this life. Okay? We're not, we're not trending here. We've asked for the old path or the tried, tested, and proven path. And we're walking in it. We're walking in it. And we want to continue. That's a Bible word. We want to continue. You're saved if you continue. Once you're repented, once you're baptized in Jesus' name, once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to stay saved if you continue. Yes. We've got to keep on walking. We've got to keep on praying. We've got to keep on repenting. We've got to keep on worshiping. We've got to keep on being faithful in all areas. Yes, sir. We're walking for Jesus, talking for Jesus, living for Jesus to a lost and dying world, and we're not telling lies. We're not spreading rumors. <laughs> we're not doing that. We left all that behind and all got washed away in the blood. The new person walking in our shoes when you get born again, that's right, you'll be all brand new. We'll try to describe the experience to you the best we can, but it is an experience. At some point, you've got to give it up and let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. You've got to believe Him and pull you out of darkness entirely and bring you into the truth, into the body of Christ, into the church. You want to be within. You do not want to be without, with them. Yeah. I had to listen to somebody... Just say the most terrible things, especially coming from their mouth. And I finally I just exploded and I said, you're one of them. You've been taken by the spirit that's got them. I have no idea how disappointing that is. Heartbreaking that is. Oh, yeah. But you got to go on. Jesus said, my brother, my mother, my family. It's them that do the will of the Spirit. It's them that hear my word and do it and keep it. They're the ones. They're the ones I'm claiming. Let's stand together. Musicians can come. First Timothy four, no, first Timothy three and verse seven. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. You know? We're striving to live a life and to talk that even them that are without, that they'll receive a good witness. What did it say about Jesus in the days of his flesh before Herod and Pilate? That he witnessed a good witness. Yeah. Through a world that is being faced with the deception of Antichrist. That spirit of Antichrist that will culminate in the Antichrist, that wicked one. 
It's the patience and the faith of the saints that's going to be the only hope for billions of people that are going to be swallowed, being swallowed up in the darkness of deception. It's the things you learn here. That's what's going to aid you and help you. You're going to get out there and because of flesh, let your flesh get the better of you and, and follow all the trends and run after all this different stuff and choose others ahead of Jesus. Yeah. The devil will tell you, you'll get back. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. Got you going where he wants you going. and He wants to sweep you away. You're called to be within. You're called to be the in crowd. You're called to know what is right and to have proper discernment. That's another gift of the Spirit. Proper discernment. That you'll know a lie. You'll know what's wrong. You know what, you talk about trending, you'll know what's trending away. Oh, yeah. David was say, said it. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to church. Let's go to the house. Let's go to church. Let's get with it here. Yeah. Let's do that. I told somebody one time, I said, I can understand why some people who claim truth and do some of the things they do because of the places they went to church and the people they were raised around that claimed this and the examples that they had. I said, I understand it of them, but not you. I said, you lived it. You preached it. You taught it. I said, you're sinning with knowledge. Oh, yeah. No. I understand why some people are starving. But not you. You're well fed spiritually. It's here for you. It's here for you. And it wants to pull you within. Remember my pastor and some of his last days before he was taken by Jesus to heaven. He told me about going to prayer that morning. And he said, as he started to step into the little prayer place he had in the house, he said it was like two hands just grabbed him and just pulled him in. He said, get in here. Oh, man, what a prayer meeting he had that morning. Let me tell you something. Jesus wants you. You don't want to push him away. You don't want to resist him. You don't want to fight him. You don't want to try all these employ rationalizations and excuses. You don't want to do that. You want to believe him. There were people that came to him and fell on their knees with their hands up, believing him. Believing him. People that came with all kinds of problems. And he took care of business for them. Because they believed. And he told it over and over and over again. Only believe. Don't look at your dead daughter. Only believe. Don't look at your leprosy, your sin. Only believe. Oh, believe that I am he. Believe that I am the Savior. Beside me there is no other. This is it. This is it. Let's take a moment. You're called to be within. Lift your hands. 
with your hearts. Help me, Jesus, this very morning. And help those that don't have this experience that are here. Please, God. Please, holy God. God, save our young people. Save them. They're young and they get easily confused, Lord. Help us who are senior to be a good example. My God, my God, I can't join in with their excuses. I can't join in with their rationalizations. I've got to go forward. I've got to be a leader. I've got to be an example. I'm called to lead people within. Within the veil where there's no lie. Where I have an anchor to my soul to help me. said praise the Lord give God a big hand come on all right time for us to take our offering everybody said God bless the offering in Jesus name
Lord. Keep changing me. Keep leading me. Oh God, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. He's calling you in out of the rain, so to speak. Please, don't refuse him. Believe him. We want to welcome, and you always have to bear with me, tolerate a little bit, because I'm not always the best at reading the writing. But we have a, uh, I think it's Christiane Innocent. Okay, wave at us. We love you. We're glad you're here. And we have a Christiana Cassis. Good, good. Very nice. Okay. And a Dominique Chrisou? Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'm, I'm really stuck on this first name. The last name looks like Dunn. Is that right? No. Okay. That's not right. Okay. Is it Williet? Williet? There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Well, now that we know I can't speak Creole, I can't read Creole either. <laughs> you have to help me out. I need a lot of help. But I appreciate all of you being here and visiting with us. And we hope that you will come back and be with us in church. Okay? God love you. And we have service tonight at 6 o'clock for prayer and service at 6.30. We're going to have a... Every service is different, you know. But the kids did a great job Saturday night. And uh, it was a wonderful... Got a big pictorial back there if you want to look at a lot of beautiful pictures of the children and in the academy. And, and we're very happy for them and we're happy for the new ones that are coming and being a part of what we're doing. In the meantime, you can shake hands and be friendly. We'll see you tonight. God bless you.